BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Jesus, what? You strumming that? That's beautiful, Marcus. Welcome to the show. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. Marcus, you remind me of this. I watched this documentary yesterday. It's very good. Yeah? Levon Helm. Ain't in it for my health. Levon Helm's wonderful. He is an amazing man. Of course, he was the drummer and uh, basically the lead singer of the band. He got none of the royalties because Robert Robbie Robertson wrote everything. Um, he wrote everything on paper and uh, pretty much everything that uh, Levon said. He yeah. just kind of dictated on paper and was like, now I get all the money. <laughs> That's the way that worked. But I'll tell you, that Levon character, he's quite a fun old man, mm-hmm. and he drinks a lot. Yes, he does. And he's sad. Oh, he's very sad. And I sent a tweet out, and I said, if you want to know what Marcus Parks is going to be like when he's an adult, watch Levon Helm and Ain't In It For My Health. And then that documentary got really sad, and, and then I felt kind of bad. And then he died. And then he died. So, Marcus, <laughs> I hope you don't end up like Levon Helm. I'll take the good parts. Okay, good. September 24th, 2013, the internet was changed forever. <laughs> Bear Stearns Interactive Video Art. The Bear Stearns Interactive Video Art. Changing the world of video game entertainment. We are here today, uh, graced with his presence, a longtime friend. We came up in comedy together. We've known each other for uh, well over seven years. I'm going to say eight years. Yeah. One and only the producer of the Bear Stearns um, video video game, uh, Cena John. Hello. Thank you for being here, Cena. BearsternsBravo.com. BearsternsBravo.com. Marcus, you played a little bit of this video game. It's I played the, the whole thing. You played the whole thing. I played the whole goddamn thing. Well, the first one. I didn't plunk down the $7 for the second one. But the first one was pretty yeah. great because Cena's also an actor in the game. I am He's a Bear brilliant. Stearns employee. I arrested your greasy ass. <laughs> Whoa, that's great. How did it feel to arrest Cena? It, I felt a little weird, a little conflicted, but I kind of yeah. liked it. Was it racial profiling, of course, Cena John? He's, nah, he's got he a Ronnie descent. Well, he was also performing with a uh, former roundtable uh, guest, Yang Miller. Oh, of course. So yes. there was a white guy there. It was fine. I think he just wanted to see me in handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably very erotic. It was that they were pink handcuffs too, so what, it was very erotic. Now, what did uh, Cena? Do you know what your character would have been arrested for? Uh. <laughs> and then I'm going to get into what this game is actually all about because honestly, I haven't uh, I haven't played it yet. So I'm going to check it out. I would have been arrested for any number of uh, financial security violations. Right. And this, I arrested you for dollar crimes. Sir. Yeah. Dollar crimes. Yes. Interesting. What's that all about? Crimes for dollars. You committed crimes for dollars? I'll yeah, just give absolutely. you a dollar. Have you thought about asking for a dollar? Well, I think Bear Stearns Bravo is this really fun experience that people get to right. you know, play through. And we kind of like tackle like the emotions of banking, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to like your normal parodies that just are like, oh, here's this wacky thing that's happening in the financial crisis. So at so stage can... seven, you get to jump out of a 13th floor window, yeah, kill exa- yourself exactly when everything right. falls apart for exactly, your life. Exactly right. And, you know, we kind of explore like wh- wh- how people don't understand like the information that's being spread across uh, the financial sector and how they're like, oh, go through this uh, door or go through that door. This is how you make money and that's trade that security. Right. And people don't really understand what any of these terms mean or any of these like, you know, processes, how they work and the, the math and the algorithms that that are layered within the financial sector are so confusing. And so we wanted to create that kind of like atmospheric kind of fog of, of, you know, information. It sounds like an, 
Yeah, it sounds like an extremely difficult thing to make interesting, which is probably why it took well over what was it a five year process, and you've been on board for four years. Yes, yes, it was. It's a very big uh, project. I mean, you know, it's how it's many a, actors did you have working on this? It's probably close to a hundred. Jesus Christ! Yeah, some people we took almost a, a year to cast. If you find the bodybuilder. Um, the bodybuilder, if I believe, that's Goldwyn, right? Goldwyn Banton. The- his, his name is Goldwyn. He was a bouncer at the uh, the Village Poorhouse, which is, of course, Ed Larson from the Round Table. That was where he was a head chef. And Goldwyn, a physical specimen, I rem- one in a billion. Beat you in multiple eating contests, if Beat I me in correctly. eating contests. Beat me wow. physically. Beat me emotionally. Beat me as far <laughs> as uh, getting women. Uh, he is a true god, a person. He's about seven feet tall, maybe a little bit taller. Built like you know, I would say Conan the Barbarian, maybe yeah. a little bit, maybe a little bit larger, a little even thicker. Yeah, not as cut as Conan. But you yeah. could play an entire hockey game in his navel. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, he's a massive navel. Yeah, and uh, and then not to uh, not to mention extremely charming, very with, sweet man, and he and w- with a sense of humor. And yeah, and he, I was like Goldwyn, what can I do to to get you to shoot this scene for us? Like we just need you and your you know wrestling speedo. And he's like. Could you get me some protein bars? I was going to say eggs. I was going to be like, eggs? Yeah. So I got him a bunch of peanut butter and jelly protein bars. And it was fantastic. He was amazing. So we really loved him. And we got him on a, we have this spinner within the game. You know, the, when you choose like a Mortal Kombat character on mm. like Sega, mm-hmm. like the characters are rotating and they're flexing or whatever. We have that with a lot of our characters. Um, so we built this little green screen spinner that was really fun. So we rotate Goldwyn and he's flexing and stuff. It was very intense. I got to play through it again because I just did like the one playthrough. Every experience is different. Different depending on your geographic location, depending on your uh, the time of day you're playing with it, depending really? on some random chance. We have that's why it took so long. Right. We have so many different paths and so many different scenes for people to explore and for people to encounter that there's just tons and tons of stuff. Well, it's like a choose your own adventure game, yes. which is great because I l- fucking love choose your own adventure game uh, books when I was a kid. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, yeah. and the main character is I don't know what it was with those. Uh, of course, Henry's in it. Yeah, yeah Henry. Uh, yeah. The the main character is Henry Zebrowski. With the choose your own adventure games, I always just ended up in the mud. I just felt I would always like, go to page seventy nine. It's like, oh, you ended up in quicksand. Like, yeah. how, how am I always ending up in quicksand with these choose know. your own adventure games? You make bad decisions. I guess so. I never really enjoyed it. What was the motivation behind uh, this game? Because obviously, it's very informative. It's not exactly a Grand Theft Auto Five shoot 'em up where you get to go on bank heists and things and and you know rob people f- of their cars and fly helicopters. I mean, this is like a very reality based video game. I mean, the number one most difficult thing must have been, how do we make this exciting? Yeah, I mean, we also chose an aesthetic that was like a failed gaming form from the 90s, the full motion video game. So if you ever play like Night Trap or even kind of like Myst, it's not really a full motion video game because it's, you know, it, but it's like this choose your own path and it's very atmospheric. So we had an aesthetic that we wanted to hit. And Jake and Tom, the co creators of this project, they really wanted to explore systems. And right. like the financial system was this, is this really amazing system that no one's really taken the time to explore on a very emotional level on like what you feel when you go through banking. And so that's kind of what Bear Strings Bravo really centers upon that exploration. Right, right, right. And at any point, Marcus, did you begin to feel depressed? Did you begin to feel like, you know, I'm not needed in this world anymore. I've failed so miserably at I, banking. I was depressed when I just called the wrong witness to the stand oh, and, yeah. it, and it got declared a mistrial. Yeah. Mis- you mistrial. I mistrial because I, I brought the uh, the woman who is uh, always bitching about the office supplies. I brought her to the witness uh, stand. Billy Diamond. Yeah. Billy Diamond. I brought, brought Billy right. Diamond to the witness stand and the whole thing was a mistrial because she became a super thing? Yes. Uh, Elianne Ehrman fantastic actor she uh we had her screaming for a solid six hours to shoot that (laughs) shoot her scenes so did this have any project so obviously i mean people screaming five years in the making this started what year is it 2013 that means it started in 2008 i mean this is before the occupy wall street movement this is before you know the major class warfare as far as the 99 percent versus the one percent obviously it was after the uh, uh, original crash and all those things i mean this now seems to resonate more uh, than ever before, which is kind of bizarre that it's uh, it's as timely as ever, even though it took five years to create. Yeah, it's it's so observational. And for a while, we were like, oh, like no one's gonna really care about the financial collapse. Everyone's it, gonna be, mm-hmm. you know, having huge mansions in 2013 and, <laughs> yeah. and with with hover cars. And- yeah, exactly. But now we like see like still weekly, like Bear Stearns is getting sued or J.P. Morgan's getting right. sued, mm-hmm. and they're just constantly 
screwed. There's constantly still finding we're finding new ways in which our financial system has like destroyed us to some degree. And they're doing well now. Is aren't they recording profits? Oh and things? God, they're crushing and recessions it. Recessions doing great it. for them. And the gap between you know the people, the, the upper class and the lower class is just getting bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. bigger. But you know what? This is not really like a social advocacy piece, right? It's not a political piece. Mm-hmm. This is definitely just observational and like exploring this part of the financial sector. This part of the you know the critique of the collapse that right. you know people haven't really explored before. That's what I was really happy about is that it wasn't a political piece. Like yeah. it doesn't come off right. as preachy or any kind like it, it's never annoying or overreaching or anything like that it's just funny and it, fun and it works so well because so many times if you look at the main character Jackie Dalton who's the, one of the co-creators Jacob Bacala and of course Jacob he works for uh, BuzzFeed is what yeah he he's a creative director at BuzzFeed he was director. also a horse ebooks okay. um, but if you if you look at Jackie Dalton some of the things he says we they they wrote five years ago. We shot it three years ago, right. and then you hear bankers today almost saying verbatim lines from our script. You know what right. I mean? This is like when the absurdity meets reality is when you're really doing something right. You know, which when, is also kind of bizarre. Going back to the Grand Theft Auto Five analogy, at no point in your life are you probably going to rob a bank or murder somebody on the highway, and if you do, you're going to go to prison for the rest of your life. This sort of it's a video game, and you want it to be fantasy, but it's shockingly real. Yeah. It's like shy, like it, you almost don't even have that sort of like, uh, well, thank God I'm not actually getting eaten alive by zombies yeah. when you're playing Resident Evil 4. But in this world, it's like you're playing Resident Evil 4 right next to a zombie that's about to, you know, yeah, exactly. we suck could, the blood out of your neck. People could be just trading mortgages to, to like collect power in a remote part of Los Angeles. And it doesn't represent Bear <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It doesn't represent Bear Stearns. Like, it's not a perfect image of Bear Stearns. So obviously, there must be some huge legal issues that you guys had to go through with uh, just having the name alone. Well, I mean, I guess uh, the legal issues will hopefully come if they do. The, we welcome any sort of lawsuit yeah. that JP Morgan wants to file against us. Um, you know, one of the things that we have in our favor is that uh, trademark law is a federal – there are federal rules that govern trademark law in this country. Okay. And if you don't use your mark, you know, if you don't use your trademark for three years, that's uh, prima facie evidence for abandonment. Right? Oh, really? So it's like basic evidence that on its face – means J.P. Morgan really doesn't want to make this a mark for them anymore. They don't want to have this as their mark. So we can assert now by saying, look at all these people that have seen Bear Stearns. They're going to associate it with us. So that's one of the exciting things that we're going to try to do is – I'm coming for you, J.P. Morgan. Yeah, Cena John's coming (laughs) coming for you. Look out. Cena John Esquire is coming to make that trademark. That's going to be brilliant. Three years, that's it. So if you got a trademark, use it. Yeah, exactly. And it's not a like full, that, it's not 100% sure, but it does, uh, you know, the evidence weighs in our favor when we do that. But also, there's fair use that's involved here. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't get the trademark, we're still perfectly allowed to use it because this is like a, you know, very. Uh, does this very fall into parody? parody? Oh, this yeah, is a parody. Big, big time. Yeah. And what about now, of course, when it launched on September 24th, the internet, you know, the always polite internet? Yes, very the- cordial. Yes, the always, you know, well, I'm doing things with my life, and I'm happy that those people are doing things with their life, and we're all trying to create work together, internet. A lot of uh, handwritten thank you notes were sent. Exactly. <laughs> Have a half-eaten sandwich on me, Fat Bobby, over here in Portland. Um, they were confused and upset. Yep. Some understood. Some were livid. And you had a call-in center. Uh, it was in what was it, Midtown Manhattan, you guys no, were no, in Soho? Uh, Lower East Side. Lower East Side. You had a call-in center, of course. And uh, what was that experience like? It must have been interesting to sort of um, breach the connection from the internet, which is obviously, you know, where we're at right now with technology. And then you kind of go to a more primitive sort of like a phone call system, like human interaction in an internet internet, uh, video game seems kind of rare. So on the 24th, we did Bravo Spam, which was kind of like our gallery opening. And in the front room, uh, it was at the Fitzroy Gallery in the Lower East Side. And in the front room, we had four pillars of cinder blocks with projectors on each projecting the waiting loops so at the end of okay. each scene people are looking at the camera waiting for the player to make a choice and marcus i'm sure you remember this it's kind mm-hmm. of like you just see these loops of characters uh, this character just staring at you, like henry just staring at you waiting breathing waiting oh my god it's, it's every kind of, time uh, when i every morning when i wake up <laughs> yeah henry zabrowski's <laughs> face are we gonna talk about the devil today yes henry we'll talk about the devil yeah, and so <laughs> I'm sorry, Marcus. What were you saying? Uh, it, it's somewhat uh, stressful. Yeah, because there's sometimes you'll have as many as four choices, and then Henry's just looking at you, going, "Come on, kid, we got to get going." Yeah, 
So ah. it's, it's not so much. It's it's uh it's not like Mario Kart in that like no. you're just trying to have a good time, smoke a bong, and uh and and run over some bananas. Yes, exactly right. I mean, you have to think a little bit, and that's kind of like the part of the fun. And right. so that was the front room. We wanted to ex- showcase all of the waiting loops that we have because we're really interested in that idea of like when you're in a conversation, you're waiting for someone to respond, and there's like that moment of just like what, sheer dread. What are are they are they gonna are they gonna answer? Mm-hmm. Are they gonna say anything? So. That was kind of the front room. In the back room is where we had spam being read by Jake and Tom and actually Susan Orlean from The New Yorker. They were reading spam. Off and by of, spam, do you just mean anything negative? No, spam is just like, you know, like spam, like an email spam right. or like words, just like random words that are meant to drive you to some sort of sales thing. Okay. So in our case, what we did with Horse Ebooks, right, was Horse Ebooks, Jake created, like he impersonated an algorithm that was trying to sell ebooks through his Twitter, through a Twitter account. And this is just, just to give you a sense of who Jake is. I mean, a wonderful guy, very, very nice, extremely brilliant. Literally, some people impersonate Elvis. <laughs> you know, some people, I, I do a great Barack Obama. You know, some people impersonate celebrities of the past. Jake Bakilla is such <laughs> a... Is that how, it is, how do I say Bacilla. it? Bacilla. Bacilla. I like Bacilla better. I do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. The Bacilla in Manila. The Bacilla in Manila. Jake Bacilla. And I think if you talk to Jacob, I'll talk to Jake about. It. I think he'll. I think he'll change his last name. For okay. Bacilla is a better last name than Bacula. It sounds like Scott Bacula. It sounds like he's going through time. Jake's mind is so brilliant that he impersonated an algorithm. Yes. That's genius. He That's insane. By, he tweeted by hand every four to five hours, and right. it's. I always tell this to people, but it's like. Uh, midway through, I passed the bar, and I, you know, I studied for the bar, and I, I went and took the exam, and that's right. And Cena, John, we can we can get into that for a second. Cena and I, we we started doing comedy together. Cena has a mother who wanted him to be better than me, <laughs> and uh, so of course he was forced to go to law school. He graduated uh, with honors, I must say, and uh, he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant uh, law mind. So, uh, uh, but I'll tell you that that uh, that four, what was it, two two and a half years, three, three and years, half. three and a half years. Um, man, the uh, the speed business, <laughs> the speed business is so happy that they can slow down a little bit. Yeah, now that Cedar John is out of law school. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make it make it in this town. Uh-huh. And, and so, um, you got me all sidetracked. No, no, no. So we're discussing Jake here, and he was the algorithm. Oh yeah, so he impersonated the algorithm. And one of the things I always like to tell people is that. You know, when I did the bar exam, I would go up to him. I went up to him after. I was like, man, I am exhausted. Right. And he would just look at me. He says, you have no idea what tired is. Right. Because every four days, he would wake up in the middle of the night and tweet out by hand just to keep up, you know, the impersonation and the and performance. And what do you mean, tweet out by hand? Like, he literally had these tweets, and he would he'd have a way. you just have to go on and actually – because Twitter has all of these ways to keep you from scheduling and automating and stuff. Oh, okay. So you would have to tweet it out by hand, like actually type in the words. Yeah. And so here's, he was, some of the, here's some of the examples of the horse ebooks tweets. And gain power by learning ways to become peaceful. This is a very special technique that I have never seen. One of the greatest barriers to making the sale is your prospect, S. Natural. These are not written by a human being. It does not sound like a human being principle, would write. Principle to work to make more money while having more fun. If Unlucky this, people. If this doesn't work out for him, he's going to do great in the fortune cookie business. Well, what I mean, those, he will be amazing at telling people fortunes. Well, for launch day, then then he created, uh, he had this library that he accessed, and he created 30,000 lines of spam. 30,000. Yeah, so for launch day, he had, the, he had these stacks of paper of just spam. And then he had written out himself. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. And so he created 30,000, and he crushed through this in, like, I don't know what his system was to do this. I can't remember because we were all running around so much at that, that time. Right. But we had these, and we posted a phone number on, uh, I believe, on the on the Twitter feed yeah. there on Horse Ebooks. Yeah. And the phones at 10 a.m. went live, and from 10 until I literally pulled the plug, the phones did not stop ringing. I think I called it 12 or 13 times. Yeah. And, and it was and, because it was great because I'd never heard of Horse, horse Ebooks uh, before that day, and so I called, and I just heard a guy saying, "I'm going to outline 14 different ways that I found you," and it would hang up. Yeah, oh, that's and, so and right. I didn't know. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that it was people on the actual. I thought it was just an automated thing. No, and that's one of the great charms about the work we do is that we love having that one-to-one interaction with people because mm-hmm. I think too so often like. 
people try to do like the voicemail thing or the right. machine thing, and it's like, no, come on, give give your audience something they never get. You know, one on one, talk to one of the actors, talk to the creator. You may not be able to get like a conversation out of them, but at least you're going to have this interaction that you alone are going to share with that person. And we had throughout I, the day from 10 a.m. to about 9 p.m., we had nearly 14,000 calls that God came through. Damn. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I, I, you know, and that's, I feel like, you know, as technology advances and things like that, I think human communication is actually going to become, uh, it, it'll be at a premium. Yeah. Like, the, like, you know, during the election cycle with the, uh, with the, Democratic, uh, you know, mayoral run here with like Christine Quinn and everything, and uh, De Blasio. The day of the election, I was uh, I was at work. We got so many freaking ro- robocalls, oh. so many goddamn robocalls from these obvious machines. Make the machines sound a little bit human, and it was just a complete turn hello. Off. Welcome, be in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Dan Castell. I feel like that was one of the major major things that really uh, helped you guys out to get a huge following going. Yeah, because everyone on the internet could just call us. And big ups yeah. to phonebooth.com that really did a great job on the phone support and everything like that. That was like they came out in the clutch. Phonebooth.com. Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm a little plug for them. They're very nice. Did anybody ever call? Did anyone call in? And uh, I would assume there were some rude human beings. But on the phone, you also had one of the... Uh, one of the authors. You had a major author on for the New Yorker. Yeah, yeah Susan Orlean. She's Susan doing Orlean. a long form piece on on Jake and his work with Horse Ebooks and tangentially with what we did with Bear Stearns Bravo. And of course, she was uh, the she wrote uh, the Orchid book, right? The Orchid Thief. The Orchid Thief. Yeah. The, the Orchid Thief, and that's yeah. what that Nicolas Cage movie was based off. Adaptation. Of. Adaptation. And I'll uh, tell you, screenplay. Yeah. Thank God that she exists, so I could look at Nicolas Cage twice in one yeah. movie. I was thrilled to watch Nicolas Cage's fat head I mean, in two different characters. Also, it's like that movie and like Bad Lieutenant Port of St. Call or whatever that He's is. the best. It, it's like Nick Cage in his prime. Can mm-hmm. we just say this? Can I say this? I'm not, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to be Do victimized it. anymore. Do it. I love Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah of course. I love Nicolas Cage. I love his acting. I, I think he's too. a good. I think he's a good actor. I usually have Ghost Rider playing on loop in my home all the yeah, time. Good, <laughs> just on loop because he is Ghost Rider. He is the fucking Ghost Rider. And you know they didn't even use any CGI. He no CGI. He put his head on fire. That's how dedicated Every he is. Time. He's a Coppola. He's the best. Explain a little bit these horsey books because I know uh, what was it? I believe Gawker ran a story a year ago saying that they <laughs> broke the story about horsey books and yeah. uh, all this uh, you know bullshit, which is why you can't trust any of these blog sites uh, except for BuzzFeed, especially if Mister Jake Bakilla has edited it. It's all true. Well, but uh, but Gawker sort of made a mistake there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they made a mistake as much as we are really good at keeping secrets. Right. What, what, what did Gawker think Horsey Books was, or who did they think owned well, it? Well, Gawker got, took the trail all the way to the Russian uh, spam bot creator who made Horsey Books originally, but we had acquired it um, before the article had come out. Okay. And the Russian uh, the Russian guy was very nice, Alexei. He, uh, he agreed not to talk about it uh, when we made the acquisition. So how did you guys get these people to agree not to discuss anything? Literally, we just explained to them the art project. He gave us horse ebooks, and and uh, Jake had bought some of his other spam bots. Okay, but there was no like m- exchange of money for the actual horse ebooks account. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we were just emailing with him. We were like, listen, what well, the way we do projects is everything is kind of like closed lidded, very tight chested, and all that stuff. Uh, and did so, you have him sign anything, or he just gave you the old Russian? No, word? normally all of our actors were NDA'd, and all the people that worked on our production were NDA'd. Um, but uh, uh, Alexi was not. Okay, so, so no he was disclosure there. He was very nice. Uh, he was just very uh, reasonable enough to uh, not say anything. Yeah, I've talked to some of the people. Like I talked to uh, Jackie Zabrowski, who was uh, an actress. In this uh, mm-hmm. in this film, I wish we would have been able to use her more. She was amazing. Well, yeah. she was. Uh, she said that they were filming for like four hours and had no idea what she was filming. Yeah, yeah. She would ask you, it "Was like, what? What is this for?" And you were just like, "Don't worry about it. It'll it'll make sense. So it's it'll sort of make like, sense later." It's like the casting couch of video games. Yeah, you, know, you just I had sex much, with everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, you had sex with Jackie. <laughs> Uh, and Henry. That's not so bad. That's not so bad. I like the second part there. That'd be good. Um, let's transition real quick, and we're going to come back to this, but I do like this story with, uh, we, we we mentioned uh, Russia. Oh, yeah, Putin. Yeah, Vladimir Putin. Uh, Marcus, just give the headline real quick. It's, it's so damn funny. Russian President Vladimir Putin was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize by an advocacy group that credits him with bringing about a peaceful resolution to the Syrian-U.S. dispute over chemical weapons. So he's going to win a Nobel Peace Prize. Well, he's nominated. He's nominated. Mm-hmm. 
He's a mass murderer. <laughs> he's, you know, which I I just, Nobel isn't really nailing their Peace Prize <laughs> giveaways, really, are they? Really all over bad the place. At it. Obama's got one. There's a bunch of people with a lot of blood on their hands. Russia controls a lot of what's happening in Iran as well. So yeah, that's definitely has something to be. I was reading something about that earlier. Yeah. That yeah, Russia and Iran just, are just they're, they're too, sort of friends. There's they're too close much money. To Russia's friends. invested too much money in Iran. They have too much of their infrastructure and their industrial complex. Yeah, has has uh, has the video game gotten over to Iran yet? Oh, it's a huge hit. Yeah, it's a massive hit over there. <laughs> Oddly enough, we can't get any analytics from Iran. <laughs> oh, weird. That's very, very bizarre. Marcus, what's some of Putin's greatest atrocities? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Who? Why is Nobel Prize? Wait, why does is the Nobel Peace Prize? Does yeah. BuzzFeed has like the top ten Putin atrocities? <laughs> ten Putin oh, atrocities that'll make you think that you're not such a bad guy after all. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> it's okay to cheat on your girlfriend. <laughs> At least you're not Putin. At least you're not a Putin. Uh, well, first of all, there were the Russian apartment bombings in September 99. Uh, that led to the Second Chechen uh, War and brought Putin into power. And then shortly after that, uh, a uh, former Russian <laughs> state security officer, Alexander Litvinenko, he was poisoned. Of course, naturally. Mm-hmm. And because he claimed that Putin ordered the Russian ap- apartment bombings. Yep. Uh, I mean, Putin's been in the KGB uh, since he was 23. That's right. He was in the KGB at 23. 23. And not just in the KGB, he was in the KGB in East Germany. Yeah, that's the one to be in. You're talking the most brutal. (laughs) I can't wait to get my Nobel Peace Prize in 30 fucking years. Crip killer. (laughs) You imagine that. East Germany. I mean, that was the most brutal, oppressive. Oh, yeah. arm of the Soviet Union. And he, he was, was the hired gun. He yeah. was probably like the social chair, put all the parties together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was I wouldn't popular. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. More flair, more flair, <laughs> but you better have more flair. He will kill you. Oh, God, he will kill you. He also, he's had many, many journalists killed throughout the years. Oh, yeah. Uh, so many. Countless. He, he's got, uh, there was a woman uh, who gave birth to his love child. She vanished. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, he there is. was also, uh, what was it? The Ukrainian president also had poisoned. Yeah, yeah. They all had Oh, I remember that. That guy losing got teeth. real fucked up. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if we can definitely, if we could put this on his head or not, but the Moscow theater hostage crisis, that happened under his watch. Well, you could he, argue he didn't handle it appropriately. Yeah. Well, there were uh, 40 uh, Chechens mm-hmm. that were, uh, Chechnyans that were holding uh, a big theater of people hostage. 130 people hostage in Moscow, demanding an end to the Second Chechen War. Uh, The Russians went in and filled the place full of poisonous gas with the hostages still inside. Apparently, they used a little bit too much and ended up killing everyone inside. All of the Chechens, all of the uh, hostages... Every single one. And then when doctors were brought in, there's, what poison did you use? What did you use? I mean, the, it's vital that we know what poison you used. And they just said, nah, we can't say. Can't let them know. Can't you know? tell you. Sorry. What if you just smelled it and then and then you figured it out? Yeah. <laughs> just by the way they're shaking. Just <laughs> Once you get in there, you'll blood. know. You'll know. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe he's going to get a Nobel Peace Prize. They got no, wait. Re- who else is up for this? Yeah, I don't even don't know who they, else is up uh, for it. There other Putin's going to get it. Could there be? I mean, Air he's Bud get should one. get it before fucking Putin. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, he helped win the big game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a great thing to do. Yeah, who's ever deciding these Nobel Peace Prizes? I, I just do not. I do not understand it whatsoever. What weed delivery service are they getting? That's what I'm. A know. goddamn good one. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Something fully. All their weed is paid for by Putin. As far that's as I it. know, Putin's uh, one of the the only one that I can find that's been put forward this year. That's it. Because Obama did such a bad job in Syria, now he's going to get a Nobel Peace Prize. And they can have a conference. Why you know, does imagine- America insist on going into the Middle East all the time? They're just having a good time. You know, well, all they don't, the time. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's that whole Israel thing. It's, it's Israel, it's oil. But even but did you know that uh the United States is becoming the number the world's number one producer of oil and natural gas? Hey, all right. What, what yeah. does Saman say about that? I don't Saman's fine with that. I mean, you know, Saman I think that uh No, with with the United States going to uh the Middle East all the time. He's got to have some thoughts on that. Yeah, Saman I I, I mean I can't uh, speak for the man. Speak I think for him. Well, no. 
I think he understands certain interventionism is okay, but I I don't think I don't I would not describe Saman as a hawk whatsoever. No. And also, I mean, I think that we all understand it's like right now we just funded Al Qaeda to uh, take yeah. over, you know, to uh, you know help. Uh, get get Assad out of there, and of course, Al Qaeda members in Somalia uh, mm-hmm. just you know, went over to uh, Kenya and butchered a bunch of people in a mall. So it's like it's just so goddamn confusing. You know yeah. how many uh, people were involved in that uh, operation in Kenya? How many ac- people, actual people, were in the mall? Four. There was four. Four Al Qaeda members did all of that. Well, now I heard, and there was also an inside uh, a little inside job going on. A couple of the uh, a couple of the people that were working as vendors in the mall. Uh, help the Al Qaeda members uh, get in and do all that stuff. Oh, oh. yeah, very exciting. Wow. We could talk. Oh man, I kind of want. I do want to get back to the uh, horse e-books and stuff, but we could talk about that mall shooting real quick. The, uh, the Washington D.C. Hey man, you don't have to twist my arm about a mall shooting. All right, the Was- <laughs> Washington D.C. Of course, there was a woman. Uh, she was driving a uh, little car there, and uh, she was a black girl with a uh, with a kid in the car. And and, she was uh, under the delusion that the president was communicating with her. Which is very possible, okay? You know, you know through television and radio and uh, internet and things like that. Mm-hmm. The woman's family said she had been suffering from postpartum depression with psychosis. So she went and she, uh, you know, she drove her car past a uh, security checkpoint, and they were like, "Get out of the car!" You know, all the cops had the uh, the guns drawn, and you heard about this story, of course, a little bit. And uh, and then they they had her pretty well closed in, but they let her get away. Uh-huh. And she, career, you know, she cruised around the cap a little bit, and she was heading towards the White House. So they popped her in the head and shot her. But my opinion is, uh, uh, was, she, you, was she trying? I'm sorry, was she trying to drive the car into the White House? I think no one really knows what she was she doing. Was just I think driving, she was a lunatic. She was just driving a little erratically, and yes, she had some psychosis. Yeah. Uh, but the DC police did not were not authorized to use deadly force. Because DC police can only use deadly force if they feel that their life oh, is threatened. Own well, you never Using know, like a deadly instrument, and a car yeah. is not considered to be a deadly instrument. But then they say, and when you get down to that area, it's like you never know with car bombs and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, can you just imagine though that she actually did like go through the White House with a car, and then like go up the White House steps and like kill Obama in the Oval Office with a with a Nissan? Yeah. I mean, be, I, yeah. I, you get to be president. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you can drive a car through the White House, up the stairs, into the Oval Office, and kill the president, you get to be president. Yes. A, uh, a dental hygienist in her early 20s with postpartum depression with psychosis. Yeah. Presidenting the United States of America. That's it. Throw the That's Constitution it. out of the window. She had no gun. I, you know, cops love their guns. They, and they do fire them off a little bit too quickly. But you never know in these situations, I suppose. Why can't they? I mean, going back to Grand Theft Auto Five, open the door. Yeah. They were all right there. They all had the guy, like, you know, crack the window, open up the door. Pull her out. It's a woman. Well, shoot the tires. Well, this is that's what everybody says. And I was watching CNN, and apparently tires on this kind of car, if you shoot them, the bullets just bounce right off. <laughs> that's what they were saying with handguns. In a you black ha- Infinity? I guess so. That's what they were saying. I want that's those what tires. He, a fucking Nissan Infinity, he, man. He, he swore. He swore. He's like, yeah, if you shoot them with a handgun, if you shoot tires with a handgun, the bullets just bounce right off. I want a jacket made of those tires. Yeah, exactly. He's like, that's what he, he compared them to Kevlar and stuff. I was like, what happened to tires? Jesus. When are tires bulletproof on all cars? So you have to use a rifle? To- you have to use something very uh, much more powerful than a regular police handgun wow. so that's why they didn't shoot out her tires so then they sniped her in the forehead well yeah one cop just kind of went up to the window knocked on it and you know, shot her in the goddamn head i mean i guess you can't be you can't go crazy around the, the white house we do kind of well, know that did i ever tell you the story when i met chris rock no uh, outside i was at gw and which is a couple blocks away from the white house and my girlfriend at the time called me she was like chris was rock is george at washington university george washington university my girlfriend at the time called me she said chris rock is down at the national archives building Mm-hmm. She's like, get down here. So I, I ran down the steps in my Birkenstocks. It was, <laughs> it's university. It was That's 2000, 2001. Yeah. And I'm sprinting through, and I didn't really know where the National Archives was. I was just walk, dr- running in the general direction because I was such a fanboy at the time. Right. And I run across the back fence of the White House. Like, I run where that back gate is. And I'm sprinting and I'm dodging people. And I kind of noticed at the corner of my eye. And what year like, is this? What time in 2001 this is, is this? This is a little bit. This is like, you know. Is it pre-September? This is after. After <laughs> September 2001. And okay. uh, let us, uh, in case uh, people don't know, uh, Cena is of the brown complexion. He's not of the brown. <laughs> I was <It's> olive. 
It's a beautiful olive complexion. I'm Iranian, and I have big, bouncy, curly hair, okay? That's right. And I'm sprinting, and I'm sweating, and I'm like, but I'm in Birkenstock, so right. you know what I mean? Like, it's 50-50, yeah. So I'm sprinting as fast as I can, and then I see, like, three cop cars, like, screech to a halt in front of me and I'm thinking what's wrong what's going on around me like yeah. where, where's the problem I'll help these officers yeah. out I'll find the perp cop goes hey stop right there what are you doing I was like Chris Rock this National Archives building he goes you're going the wrong way kid it's that way I was like oh god that's so you. funny so the cops just helped you get to the Chris yeah, Rock yeah. concert so then Chris Rock was like and then he signed oh my autograph my it was really funny well you ended up a lot better than that chick in that uh, Nissan that's for damn yes, sure yes definitely yeah. could have gotten sniped in the head oh I think so and honestly no one would have done anything no of yeah, course they would have planted a couple of bombs on you like they plant crack on people here in New York and uh, called it a day called, it, called themselves hero probably heroes probably be up for a Nobel Peace Prize yeah Saving the president of the United States. Oh my God! Man. So, what's that, Marcus? Well, I'm just saying that's not um, that's not the only violent thing that's happened in Washington D.C. in the last couple. Oh of days. yeah, this what? fire uh, guy. Yeah, a man set himself on fire in the heart of the U.S. Capitol. Tourists and joggers watched in horror, and he has died from his injuries. The man who set himself on fire on Friday afternoon died that night. They have no idea who he is yet. Just that he mm-hmm. went out to the nat- to the mall in uh, Washington D.C., doused himself on gasoline, sat down, set himself on fire, and then a bunch of supposedly good Samaritans went to put out the fire. But I think that that's rude towards his cause. Very rude. You know, if he's see- obviously on a mission, he wants oh, to light yeah. himself on fire. I mean, it's not your you're jogging. You continue to jog. You yeah. wanted to jog. In today. fact, jog faster, much faster. <laughs> you know, because. There Maybe is a, upgrade that jog to a sprint. You know, it's an extra workout today. <laughs> you know, don't stop, walk, and put the guy, uh, put your shirt over the guy because he's going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. And there's really, there was no reason for him to do it, though. He hasn't. Uh, well, expri- the guy, there's a government shutdown. That was it. This is a protest <laughs> of the government <laughs> yes. shutdown. He was a six. furloughed worker. Ah, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. The National Park Ranger. It's not they, have, they have no <laughs> idea who this is. Uh, there was a, a, a funny story about the uh, the national park yeah, shutting down. Is that they shut down Mount Vernon? Yeah. Uh, the national parks came out. They mm-hmm. blocked off all the parking lots. Turns out Mount Vernon is privately funded, and was not a part of the government mm-hmm. su- shutdown. And so they course, just got. They were just like, we're taking the week off. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And of course, the only good thing that has come from this government shutdown, there was a KKK rally planned at a national park. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the uh, the rights to, uh, you know, I guess really just have a barbecue. I don't know what the KKK people do. They uh, were hanging out at Gettysburg National Military Park, or they yeah. were going to hang out there. It was canceled due to the government stalemate. Park officials say they rescinded all permits for special events because of the shutdown that began Tuesday. The permit had been approved for a Maryland-based KKK group, the Confederate White Knights of the Ku Klux Klan, for yeah, a Saturday the white gathering. Yeah, for the Saturday gathering. It's just ironic because they voted for all their Tea Party people that you know caused the shutdown, yeah. and now their big you know benefit is over with, mm-hmm. which is really sad. It really is. I guess for them, I don't know. So, what do you want to do more here? What do you got with with Bear Stearns Bravo? Where's it going? Right now, uh, we're trying to get as many people onto BravoNet as we can. That's our yeah. social uh, networking platform that, that we kind of built. It's kind of like a mock CompuServe uh, user interface where we have like a message board and a marketplace and a leaderboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a news forum where you can find out about updates and stuff, and we can so, s- we sell our soundtrack there. So you pay the seven dollars. Sweet ass soundtrack to that game. Yeah, by right. Yeah, That's it. Tom Mazierski. He's a fantastic composer. He actually rebuilt a um, Final Fantasy VII synthesizer from scratch oh, to do a lot of the sound for that. Yeah. So it's seven dollars to just like you know get the game. Uh, $7 is really for, like, the social networking platform right. and to, like, pay for, like, the, you know, kind of, like, the software development of, like, the Choose Your Own Adventure stuff. But, yes, you gain access to play Episode 2. And then when you actually uh, start playing it, do you invest real money? Do you use, uh, I guess, is that Bitcoins? No, no. <laughs> no things no, like that? No, nothing like that. Okay. I mean. <laughs> Bitcoins. We're so far away from Bitcoin, which okay. is like a total sham. Bitcoins. Yeah, yeah, I think they're going out. So, but, but they're definitely going to go out when you uh, when you buy things in the game. Like, I mean, that's like real cash and things. Real like that. Real cashola. Yeah, and then can you make line my pockets? Can, yeah, line his pockets. Please line his pockets. I need successful friends. Yeah, I'm so sick of having broke friends. Yeah, you and me both. 
Give Cena some money. Yeah, that'd be really nice. You were the closest thing to a successful friend we had. That's a real fucking problem. I know, it's a major <laughs> issue. That's a huge issue. God, that's a sad statement, We should Marcus. all have it's a meeting. Sad, but you re- know it's true. Well, we should- I know it's true. That's why I'm so devastated over here. We should reevaluate. I'm mentioning bitcoins. I can... I no coins in my pocket whatsoever. Everything's a goddamn nightmare. Can you make money playing the game? Yeah. So people can you can actually like oh, no, not no, you the, like players can no, players make money? No, no, no. This is a, it's an art experience. You know, you go through. You have this like enjoyable time playing through and and interacting with other people on Bravo right. Net that are playing the game. It's it's, it's fun. And then when you uh, when you interact with the folks, I mean, maybe your love connection will be made. Absolutely, there are a lot of people that in, yeah. on there, and uh, you can gift the game to a friend, and we you know. Uh, Get other people on board. It's really fun. You gif it up? I Oh, there's gifts. Gifts there's and things. Gifts that you give. Oh, you gifts, gifts that we make, yeah. That's very exciting. That's very, very exciting. What's the next gonna what's the next big Bear Stearns Bravo project? I mean, there's there has to be an offshoot because this is gonna be massive. Well, I think we're gonna take our time right now to just drive tra- traffic and you know, it took us four years to produce this one, for five years to produce you know these first two episodes. So, so. just a small breather would be nice. It would be very nice. How long is the game in its entirety? If you did every single mistake and proper move, how long could you have your brain sucked into this game? I mean, there there's Dozens upon dozens upon dozens of hours of, of, of content. It's very hard for us. To, we don't really actually have an exact number, but it's, it's... It's so big that you don't even really know. We don't really know. We haven't really gone through and, and counted up all the, the links of the footage, although we've, we've talked about it several times. Yeah. Um, but it's like, there's just a lot. How many gigabytes of footage do you have? Do you oh, know that? Oh, you know what? I just talked to Tom about this. I can't remember. But we, we've compressed them a little. We, shoot, we do it 720 because of YouTube. So it's not as much as you may think. Yeah. I think it's like a few terabytes. God damn. Yeah. So people are really going to lose themselves in this game. You're, you're, oh, my you're, God. They're already... People are playing it for hours a, 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 during the day. And hours is, at a time. Yeah. And they're enjoying it. Oh, my God. They're so enjoying it. And pe- some people find me very sexy, apparently. Oh, well, yeah, you're a very, well, you're very sexy very guy. Sexy there, very yeah. Sexy. Dynasty, right? Boom, boom. Dynasty. Ow! <laughs> Before the podcast began, Marcus, Cena, and I, we were discussing uh, women, and I'll tell you, yeah. you know, ladies find all of us very attractive. Yeah, yeah. they do. You they know, do. We all do. We all do well with the uh, superior uh, gender, uh, which is very, very nice. And Cena, you are you are a, you're a dreamboat of a man. Oh, I, d- I am. And so, if you get the chance to play the game, don't arrest him. Take him home. Take him. You know, take can, me is home. There, is there a scene where you can take you home? If you're, in, um, you can just email me. Just email me at cena.me and <laughs> cena.me yeah. me at cena.me just email me I'm you know yeah lines are open is Hands there anything is there any sort of like major uh I mean obviously you have to feel uh quite an accomplishment now that this whole process is done yeah I mean I've grown a lot as like a person as an artist as are you producer. depressed that it's over yep and now you, now, you, now you sort of have nothing else to do I'm unemployed yeah I'm a full-time bear Stearns employee right now that's great <laughs> That's so great. it's like I'm looking for stuff to do, but the, you know it's really fun now. Like, I mean, what's that feel? What's that feeling like when you launch? You know, it's yeah. September 24th. It's like four years in the process. You know, you're going to get some flack. Some people yeah. are. What was you know? So it, that must be kind of interesting. What were some of the uh, some of the reactions? Because I know certain individuals thought this was going to be a some sort of teaser for uh, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, yeah, or a lot of other things like a FEMA death camp or something like that. Right, or some sort of like there was one thing, Syrian conspiracy. One thing that I read about that was a a blo- like one of the guys in your camp. Uh, like there was this big hubbub about his uh, interaction with a blogger. Yeah, what the fuck was all that about? Well. Well, there was a thing where during the 77-day countdown, on like one of the first few days, Tom's uh, personal information, his phone number, and his work address were released because we didn't set one of the sites that we had to private. Oh. So they found it through the Whois database online, and they started just calling Tom's phone at 5 in the morning and not stopping. And then some people showed up at Tom's work. And so we were all kind of freaked out, like safety-wise, what right. was going to happen. And then, like, a couple days later, this blogger starts talking about uh, what we were doing and starts calling all of our friends, starts calling me, starts – so we, we had to kind of make some moves on that. And, you know, we in, involved uh, the blogger in kind of, like, the performance aspect of the countdown, and I think she was just pretty upset by the end. But, you know, we, we've talked with her. I think we've, we've buried the hatchet and stuff like that. We sent her a free yeah. account. Like, they're making her out to be this poor victim – 
Yeah, she was calling all of you at well, all the, like day the and internet, night. The, the no, not all of us, right? Yeah. It wasn't like she was like stalking, calling us. I mean, we were we were just you know we were in this p- place of we've been working on something for years and under intense secrecy, and now there's this person that's potentially going to try to you know expose us. And she also went on the radio and talked about it being for Battlestar Galactica. So we were kind of also confused about what was going on there. So we kind of involved it in the performance of the countdown. And it just like you know, she just got very upset. Yeah, and, she got. And really that was upset. not necessarily that was not our intention uh, by any means to upset her. But it was more of just self preservation. At the end of the day, when you do something really intense, intense things are going to happen. Yeah, she said that one of the your guys like called her up like crying. Yeah, I mean it was just intense. <laughs> it was an intense period for everybody. I, I mean, can imagine to just get down to the wire like that when you've kept it secret for so long and it could come out. Less than two months before the whole, or two or three months before the whole thing drops. Yeah, less than a, less than a month. You know, that everything could just explode in your face. You're just like, you know, how does the CIA do it? How does like the NSA <laughs> do it? Like, how do they keep secrets? I mean, they can't, right? I mean, it's so hard. It's impossible. It's so anxiety inducing. They can't. and They don't. And I was like, really, I was like, really happy at first. I thought it was just going to be Jake that was involved with all the, uh, you know, like privacy stuff that was happening. But then they found my phone number. I was getting calls, and I was like, I'm not really used to this. I mean, I didn't really expect this to start happening, you know? Right. Kind of like just being the producer, being in the back background a little bit, you know? Coming on, talking to you guys. That's there, were, there were angry yeah. calls you were getting. Uh, not so angry. Just, you know, curious internet kids. Right. Uh, so it wasn't really angry angry calls by any means. But I just mean, random human beings calling yourself. Yeah, a lot of kids on 4chan and all these other, like, the ah. 77days.net, you know, right. uh there's a lot of that. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about uh, next. It's, it, it feels like you, uh, you know, as bizarre as uh, this is, it seems organic in the sense that you like planted this weird seed deep, deep, deep in the Internet. Inception. Inception. Yeah. It was. And then you just let it grow into this uh, yeah. you know, amazing uh, game. How did you even begin the idea? Because th- it was planted a while ago, right? Yeah, and I think what it means is that, you know, in this day, in the digital age, we have the opportunity to tell stories as a function of time, right? And we have t- the ability to tell stories over an extended period. Right. So why not start your narrative early? Why not start your narrative in social media and start creating these characters? Horse ebooks and pronunciation book are characters within Bear Stearns Bravo. Right. And these characters were falling in love, horse ebooks and pronunciation book, online for two years. Mm-hmm. And so we were just basically telling that love story and that is kind of like the performance art about all of this and that's what makes it really uh, exciting and inspiring i think as well that they were able to be dedicated enough to just do this consistently every single day i mean back in the day you had you, you would have to go into some bizarre thing at uh you know in mall of america some bizarre sort of like chamber video game where it would be this all-encompassing 360 world. Yeah. And you'd be like, wow, I'm really, I really feel like I'm in the game. Yeah. But now it's just real life. Yeah, but we, we consume media on so many different devices and on so many different platforms and on so many different sites. So why not utilize all those mediums to tell your story? Right. And that's what I want to really push for every all content creators now is like forget the TV model. Try to create things authentically for the web. Use all the platforms that we have available to us. So if you were to uh, be a uh, entertainer, a lot of entertainers, I feel like, are still on this idea of, like, got to get to TV. Gotta I'm get doing to a TV. web series to get to TV. Yeah. You would say do a web series to get deeper into the Internet and uh, deeper into uh, social media and things like that. I mean, I would say if you're going to make something for TV, make it for TV. Don't make a thing for TV on the web first, right? If you're going to make something, make it for the thing you want it to be, like, you know execute your vision the way you want it to be where do you think this is going i mean do you think that this is going i mean they've experiment uh experimented with this very terribly with certain like television shows where it's like choose what happens at the end text right. you know whatever to whatever number where do you think this is gonna go now because it's still you know it's still this video game thing how would you even make it more um uh, you know, more fluid with how yeah. human uh, with human interaction. I think the idea of telling stories over multiple platforms, like using social media as, an, as a narrative tool and all these other platforms as narrative tools, is going to we've in a sense redefined how storytelling is done in the digital age. Mm-hmm. The idea of using interactive video, I think, is going to really spike within the next five years because it's really easy to do. There are right. tools out there that the that Google and everyone we built ours from scratch, but there are tools that people are making to allow people to do this, and it's just a great creative platform for people to use. So I think, yeah, this is definitely going to uh, get much more popular. Even think- in like cinema, I mean, this goes all the way back to John Waters when he uh, debuted mm. Pink Flamingos. He had a thing called Smellovision, mm-hmm. yeah, which was the first uh, sort of interactive, yeah, uh, you know. 
uh, sort of uh, video uh, situation. Long between... long before that, in the 50s, there was a guy, I can't remember his name, but he was the one that inspired John Waters to do that. He had uh, he would, he would had a movie called The Shocker, I think, mm. where they had electrodes implanted into the seats, and at certain points in the movie, pssst, Mm. It shocked the people. That's a ama- you know yeah. what, mom? It's so weird. I saw the shocker, and I don't think I'm gay anymore. And that's where the University of Utah came up with their wonderful techniques. My favorite one was that uh, they had a that he did. I think uh, the movie Matinee was based on him. That okay. uh, John Goodman movie. Right, yeah, right. yeah uh, they had a uh, what was that called like the chicken line or something like that. It was like this movie is so terrifying that if you cannot stand it to your heart. You must walk the coward's line. And they always had a ringer in the audience, some guy who would always like get up and like some nerdy guy would like walk down the line like I can't handle it. People would throw popcorn and shit at him. <laughs> that's it's fun. Great. Yeah, that's very nice. So you think that that's uh, now this is going to because obviously now the t- internet and television has merged into one little thing on yeah. the wall. So you would, I mean, is there a uh, possibility that you would try to take that into like a different sort of medium out of vid- out of video game, but more into like more into an actual like movie type situation. Well, I like, think this is very close to like a, an interactive film as you can get. It's like that's right. the length of like you know the first playthrough on an average is about an hour. Wouldn't you say, Marcus? It yeah. took, took you about an hour. About so. Uh, yeah. The second episode's a little bit longer. It's a little bit more involved. You have some different things that you can do. I think you know there are a lot of different areas we can take it to mobile, to TV, to other platforms mm-hmm. and stuff. But right now we're just really happy with that we were able to launch it in the way in the form that it's in because that's what we wanted to. To achieve, is so. there anything that you would change about the game if you could? Uh, I mean, no. Yeah. I mean, well, there's really I mean, with technology or anything that you wish existed, where you're just like, God damn it, if we could just do this one thing. I mean, because I know nothing about technology. You know, I'm still like, I can't believe it, that white line and that other white line are hitting around that ball. Oh my god, pong. <laughs> It would Can't have been nice if uh, we could probably disclose to YouTube while we were making it what we were doing to probably get their help a little bit because we had some YouTube issues on the day of launch. Great. So that would have been Much easy. like Obamacare. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's difficult to launch. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to get me some Obamacare soon. Yeah, me oh, too, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for it. You don't have health care, Marcus? God, no. No? And uh, Cena, you're out of it too? Uh, I'm transitioning out from my previous relationship. So Transitioning <laughs> out from my previous relationship. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Oh man! So you guys shared healthcare as yeah, well. Yeah, lived together. Yeah, shared healthcare and a business. Yeah, and a business. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Well, if you felt sad about your life, just remember you're not Cena John right now. <laughs> just right now. I mean, in a month, I feel great. I feel great. No, Cena's doing great. I'm doing great. How's that rock in Never your been stomach happier. doing, buddy? What's that? How's that rock in your stomach doing? Uh, yeah, it's just doing <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. All right. Well, this is really interesting stuff. I, I'm so happy for you. And yeah. I, I'm so happy. I'm so proud that you were able to finish this four-year-long project. Thank you so much. I'm extremely yeah. impressed with this. Thank you like, so much. We're crazy so proud impressed. of it. Yeah. And, you know, it was. it's a real... I don't. I, again, I I've, couldn't be happier with how it turned out. So it's BearStearnsBravo.com. You got it. And then you go to that and you play this game. Play it up. Play it up, people. You're going to love it. All right. Cena, John, Marcus Parks, and Ben Kissel. We'll talk to you soon. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.